The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you need it. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. News Talk 670 KBOI. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk 670 KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and uh, today we're doing a pre-recorded uh, show, and I uh, wanted to introduce, we've had uh, Gary Yandel on the show before, uh, live and also in pre-recorded form. Gary, thanks for coming in and hanging out with me a little bit today. All right, thanks for having me. So, uh, Gary is the guy I turn to when it comes to fruit trees and berries and grapes and a lot of other things, too, because Gary is very knowledgeable, and he, I know he likes to say he has a small orchard, but uh, every time he tells me how big it is, I can't imagine why you would think that's small, Gary. <laughs> it's, it's more work than I want to do. Uh, but today, we're going to talk about, uh, as I mentioned, this is a pre-recorded show, so we won't be taking any phone calls today. Uh, so you don't need to uh, give us a call. But uh, if you want to ask a question, you can always ask us at zamzos.com. You can send an email to zamzos at zamzos.com. Or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and I will answer your questions there as well. Uh, so the first thing I wanted to talk about, um, Gary, this time of year, it's pretty common for us to see uh, you know, some wet weather or some humidity and i know like there's always a little bit of a lag effect you know we see that sort of stuff happen and then it seems like for the next two to three weeks people kind of freak out because a lot of stuff starts to happen so i was wondering if you could take a moment and just kind of explain like what's going on why do we start why do we see these things after a rain it takes a while for the pathogens that are going to give rise to the certain diseases to actually build up enough of a population to cause damage. Mm, interesting. So, yeah. yeah, I've never thought of it in population, actually. Yeah. I always thought it was just kind of a timing thing. But that makes a lot of sense that they, they have those, those, those triggers, those things that they, right. they need to start populating, start growing and doing their thing. And once they get into a population high enough, that's when they can start to infect and, and cause lots of issues. Correct, yeah. So uh, some of the things that we start to see this time of year uh, pretty frequently uh, are something like, uh, I think this is like the, scour the scourge of any apple tree uh, in the Treasure Valley, probably anywhere, it really, but uh, something like fire blight is very prevalent, and it seems like uh, usually kind of that early to mid Sometimes late spring, it can just start showing up and it spreads by a, like wildfire, pardon the pun, yes. <laughs> but it spreads really quickly and can be very damaging. So I was wondering if you could just take a moment and talk to us about fire blight, what it is and 
how to identify it, and then kind of how we're okay. going to help people get it out of their trees. So, yeah, as we said before, the spore for the fire blight is always in the environment. It's just sitting there waiting for the right event. And that event is high humidity, rain, and temperatures between 70 and 75 degrees. Of course, we just hit that. Yeah, for sure. Not long ago. And as we said, it takes a couple of days, but it's slowly the population of that bacteria builds up enough, infects the trees, and it enters into the newest growth or through flower buds first. Right. Works its way down through the vascular system of the tree called the cambium layer. And as it does so, it disrupts that layer enough where nutrients don't flow any longer. And therefore, you see the dying leaves and blossoms and sometimes even affecting the fruit. Yeah, and you the thing with fire blight is you always kind of notice it, like you said, kind of the newest stuff. So it tends to happen at the tips of the branches right. first. And then it starts as it infects. It, they, the reason it's called fire blight is it looks like the tops of those tips of branches have been burnt down. Right. They start to even sometimes they kind of cane or make a, a shepherd's crook at the top right. tips of the leaves. And it can be very damaging. And it's also very um, it's stressful, I think, for uh, an apple owner somebody who has an apple tree it's very stressful to just see your tree start to do this and you're not sure why and before you know it a good portion of your tree has got all this damage on it mm -hmm. so what's what is somebody who you know they start to see this happen and it doesn't just happen on apple trees i believe i mean it can happen it's on any poem fruits right so you can see it in pears yes uh you can see it in i mean technically you could i, I don't think i've ever seen it but i think technically you could get it in roses um Supposedly, and yeah. Uh, hawthorns. I know hawthorns, hawthorns are yes. another one that yep. can get it. Those are all plants in the rose family. Right. So, um, so when somebody sees something like this, what's the what are the first steps? What are they going to want to do to kind of st stop it from what it, you know progressing? And how how can they how can they go on with this and and save their tree? So the method is basically I turn you into a tree surgeon. <laughs> yeah, because you literally have to go out and prune carefully each of the limbs that are infected. So what you do, you work down the limb from the tip where you first see the infection, work your way towards the trunk along the limb. You watch for the last dead leaf and then work your way about 8 to 12 inches down from there. Wow, yeah, you got to take a lot out. You have to. You have to get in front of this disease. Yeah. And that's where you make your your pruning cuts. Now, your pruning cuts have to be made with sanitized pruners, saws, loppers, whatever you're going to use. Yeah. So the easiest thing I've found to do is have a bucket of water out there, have a half a cup of bleach in that bucket of water, put on some rubber gloves or just use your bare hands do not use cloth gloves mm, okay right so you want to be able to sanitize your hands and sanitize your pruners right so you find your cut sanitize your pruner make your cut yeah find your next cut sanitize your pruners make the cut it's back and forth like that until you've cut all the dead material out you have to do it this way or you're going to spread the disease and you're going to be right back doing this again. 
Exactly. I think that's 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 one of the first things. I think a lot of people will see something like that and uh, you know start to cut and not take that extra time to clean it. And because this is a bacteria, it spreads differently than funguses do. Very easily. Um, yeah. It spreads very yeah very easily in that way. So you really want to take that time, make those cuts precise, and then clean your pruners after, mm-hmm. uh, just to make sure you you're not spreading it from cut to cut. Otherwise, like you said, you're going to be right back in the you're same point. Now, what are you going to do with those those branches as you cut them out uh should you take care with them i would imagine you probably don't want to throw those in the mulch pile definitely uh, not <laughs> no no they are full of the spore for the bacteria you want to bag those up burn them whatever you can do just get them off your property yeah um when you get done with all your cuttings and so forth your pruners whatever you use to uh, do the pruning with now rinse those off really well that clorox is going to corrode those and then mm. oil them down wd-40 yeah. works well and you know something along that line yeah always take care of yeah. your pruners yeah <laughs> and then when you got it all cut and you're ready to go here you're going to need to spray down the tree with some sort of an antimicrobial now you can do that with a liquid copper spray or we do have a fire blight spray which is literally an antibacterial product yeah 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 and you can use either of those at uh, you want to do that after you've done all of your pruning after you've done your pruning now so this is a question if if can you use those things as a preventative beforehand yes you can okay so you can use the copper spray or the the fruit i think it's a fruit alone product that you can use and you can spray that when you see these these events these humidity these rain events followed by rising temperatures which happens tends to happen kind of you march may time frame Mm -hmm. you see that stuff get ready if you've got an apple tree have something ready to go out there and spray those guys with and you can uh, prevent a lot of this or at least mitigate a lot of that damage so this is the zamzo's garden show i am here with gary yandel from our middleton location and we're talking fruit trees today we're going to talk about all the things that you need to do to take care of the trees uh your small orchard your berries anything that you might have that's a blooming flowering fruiting plant we're going to talk about some of the things you might see this time of year and how to take care of them we just got done talking about fire blight we're going to talk about a few more here on the zamzo's garden show this is a pre-recorded show and we will talk to you again here after the break on kboi the zamzo's garden show will be back right here on news talk 670 kboi Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and fall officially arrives Wednesday, September 22nd. Our days are still warm, but our nights are cool, with mornings waking up to water droplets in the form of morning dew, making this the ideal time to apply Zamzo's lawn food, which is step four of our annual lawn program. If you've already applied your Zamzo's lawn food, good for you, but if not, it's time. That's because your lawn is still recovering from one of the hottest, driest summers on record. So your lawn's either out or almost out of fuel. But an application of Zamzo's lawn food right now is just what it needs to recover and stay green and healthy clear through fall. Remember, our help and advice is always free, and you don't have to be on our lawn program to purchase lawn food or Zamzo's Humagreen. You can buy them one bag at a time and apply them anytime as needed. So let's put the summer of 2021 behind us and have a gorgeous green lawn clear till Thanksgiving. Apply Zamzo's lawn food and Humagreen to your lawn now. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. Nate Shellman, live. You got the first presidency. Urging LDS to wear face masks when needed and get vaccinated. How much does that factor into your choice? Because I know a number of LDS who are not vaccinated. 
But when you have a leader of your faith say or suggest get vaccinated, how heavily does that weigh? Nate Shellman, weekday afternoons from 3 to 7 on News Talk KBOI. Nate Shellman, live, weekday afternoons, 3 to 6 on 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, and I'm here with Gary Yandel from our Middleton location, and we are back for part two of this pre-recorded show. We are not taking phone calls today, but we should be back next week live, and we will be able to answer your calls there. If you have uh, any questions in the meantime, you can always reach out to us at zamzos at zamzos.com. Those emails get to me, and I will be able to answer any of those questions you might have. And if I don't know... How to answer your question. Gary Yandel is one of my go-tos because uh, he is very intelligent. He's very good. He's really smart when it comes to a lot of things. In particular, today we're talking about fruit tree care, grape care, uh, berries, those sorts of things. What, what, what are the things that you start to see this time of year? Uh, in the last segment, we were talking about some fire blight and how devastating fire blight can be to a lot of plants. And, Gary, you made a good point as we were uh, kind of getting ready for this next segment here that fire blight is not only something that's uh, uh, damaging to fruit-bearing trees, but also, remember, you got a lot of ornamentals, uh, and ornamental pears uh, particularly can just be ravaged by something like fire blight. Yeah, same thing applies with those, yeah. And... Um, Though apples are definitely devastated by the disease, they have some resistance. Mm. Pears have none. Really? You can lose a pear tree to fire blight. Yeah, so it's one you got to really look out for. If you've got an apple tree or a pear tree or even, like like we mentioned, a flowering pear, um, I think Chanticleer is one that's very common, yeah, yeah. Uh, one that's out there quite a bit. Uh, but these are uh, it's a white-blooming, flowering pear. They're very common. There's tons of them out there. But if uh, one of those guys get, uh, get infected with fire blights, you got to get ready and get, uh, get on it real quick because they can take out a tree really quickly. So fire blight is one that you don't want to mess around with. You definitely got to be careful and uh, take care of it quickly. Let's talk about another one that's really common, and uh, we see this. Now, every year, this, uh, you know, kind of that middle of springtime, but uh, peach leaf curl. And I start to see a lot of questions show up about peach leaf curl as uh, people notice the newer leaves, as the leaves come out on their peach, they look really deformed and oftentimes they're kind of reddish pinkish and they're just like man what's going on so i was wondering I, gary uh walk us through peach leaf curl and kind of what's going on there peach leaf curl is a fungal disease in this case which infects the buds of your peach tree um so the whole idea is to have a fungicide an active fungicide on your tree as it starts to leaf out so applying a, a fungicide this time of year um, won't do a whole lot for you now. As, yeah, yeah, as we get yeah. later into the season and the leaves right. really come out, it's kind of too late. Right. Yeah. And um, your tree will do just fine uh, if we do nothing now. And the higher temperatures we're going to experience here as the summer progresses actually puts that disease to a halt. doesn't kill it. Yeah. Puts it into dormancy. Mm. So we have to deal with this. If you've got a tree that's had peach leaf curl on it, and this is going to affect your peaches and your nectarines. Right. Okay. So, so this. Your, your, sorry, your, your pit fruits. Right. Yeah. So this fall, all the leaves are going to fall off your tree naturally, but the peach leaf curl infected leaves will not. You'll want to knock those down. 
Hmm. Rake these up, burn them, get them off your property, bag them, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Okay. Once you're done with that, then spray down your tree with liquid copper spray. It works very well on this disease. Only it takes several applications to actually arrest it. Hmm. So that's this fall. Next following spring, I'm talking about late February or so, you run out there and you spray your tree again yeah. with your liquid copper spray. Then you're on kind of a program where you're going to be respraying copper every 10 to 14 days. The partial reason for that is because our weather is so unpredictable. Yeah. If it rains or snows or whatever that time of year, that copper gets washed off and we right. have to keep it there. It's yeah. got to stay on that tree as it leaves out. So basically, you're done spraying liquid copper about the time your peach tree starts to leaf out. You'll see a great reduction in the disease, but unfortunately, we can't perfectly spray the tree. There'll be a little bit left. Mm-hmm. It's, this is a thing you might have to do for two years to get rid of it. Hmm. Okay, so you can actually, over time, through this kind of regimen, you can kind of work it out so that you don't have to keep doing this right, year after right. year and this many times. Okay, yeah. so that's good to know. I mean, that's a, a light at the end of the tunnel, I guess, when it comes Certainly. to that. And then, um, you know, and I think one of the more important things there is is that reapplication. I think a lot right. of times when it comes to fruit trees, at least kind of how I've seen it over the years, is a lot of people want to do something one time. And there's really no way to get away from just one-time application. Any of these things, even when we get into some of the bug stuff, you have to reapply these things over and over and over again if you want to be successful. And that's really the key. We want you to be successful as well. So definitely keep that in mind. If you've got a peach tree uh, and you you can prevent it, you can can get on top of it and keep it out of there, at least as Gary mentioned, uh, keep it from progressing or getting worse throughout the year and the other thing i think to remember too uh, a lot of these you know everybody like i said it's very stressful to see fire blight happen it's stressful to see peach curl peach leaf curl happen Uh, but these things are not always descents a lot of times there's some very proactive things that we can do and in the case of peach leaf curl it's not going to kill your tree uh, at least as long as you start doing something uh, because eventually, if you did nothing, it's going to stress the tree out over and over again every single year to the point where it might not make it through a winter Correct. or might, you know, just have other ill effects. It might have bug disease, bug problems at that point. So you do want to start doing something at some point. Yeah, this, so, this oh, is a disease is not going to go away. Right. You have to treat for it. Yeah, it's going to stick around. So yeah. you definitely want to take care of it. Um, all right, so let's get into a few of the other things. Um, let's keep on the uh, disease train here. <laughs> mm-hmm. As we see, uh, powdery mildew is one very that's very common. You see it in a lot of plants, not just trees and shrubs and things like that. But I wanted you to talk about one of the newer products that you, you, you had. And I have not used this one, uh, but you were really excited about it. And I was wondering if you could talk about a product we have called Revitalize. It's a organic spray, as I understand. And, uh, and organic, you, yeah. you, you sound like it sounds like you've had some experience with it. So I was wondering if you could take a minute and just tell us a little bit about that product. It's a really cool product. In the past, when you could see the powdery mildew, really the only thing that we had was neem oil. Yeah. It would kill it. <laughs> neem oil that we've only had for a couple of years, really, in, yeah. in major supplies. So. And then we got this uh, product. It's called Revitalize. It comes in a concentrator ready to use. It's an active bacteria. It's completely harmless to anything but fungus. It yeah. eats fungus. Isn't that awesome when there's uh, yeah. something that, yeah. that's just so pinpoint, this is the only thing I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we can cure 
yeah. with this product, um, that which has been a problem with powdery mildew because powdery mildew is really hard to control. But this is an awesome product. I love it. And so, and so, it, because it's this beneficial bacteria that you can use. I mean, you can use it on your edibles, but you can use it on lots of things. So yes. I know, you know, peonies are a perennial. Oh, that, uh, yeah, big problem. They yeah. are perennial, and they perennial perennially <laughs> get powdery mildew. Yes. <laughs> uh, using it on something like your grapes sounds like a no brainer. There, you yep. can use it on that. Uh, do you want to use it as a preventative, like we do some of the other ones, or is because it's a live bacteria? Do you want to use it? after you see it you can do both and the, yeah. the neat thing about this revitalized product it's at an excellent price point that little 16 ounce bottle is going to make 60 or 96 gallons whoa a product oh boy you could use it pretty liberally so okay so that's good that's one i've got to uh, pay more attention to i'm going to have to pick some of that uh okay we are <laughs> Hopping on to another break here, the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. I'm here with Gary Yandel. We're talking about all the sorts of things that you need to do and keep in mind as we uh, get into, start working into summer and uh, keeping your fruit trees and your berries and your grapes and, and really your garden and your landscape healthy. So uh, come back. We're going to talk about a few more things. We're going to start getting into some bug issues, and uh, we will be talking about that here in just a moment on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and if you want beautiful, healthy trees and no borers or chewing and sucking insects next spring, apply the one-two punch this fall. Zamzo's Tree and Shrub Insect Control and Zamzo's Thrive applied together. Now you may be asking, why do I need to apply Zamzo's Tree and Shrub and Thrive so early? Because most leaf-bearing trees are now preparing for fall, and both products take time to work. You see, Zamzo's Tree and Shrub is a systemic and moves up to the top of the tree at the rate of about 6 inches per day. But once there, it protects your tree against insects for one full year. Zamzo's Thrive is all natural and puts needed nutrients in the soil now so trees and shrubs can take them in before they go dormant and later as they need them. Your trees are a precious investment, so protect them with a one-two punch by applying Zamzo's Tree and Shrub and Zamzo's Thrive right now. Because for healthy trees, shrubs, and plants that are insect-free, nobody knows like Zamzo's. Start your mornings with Casper and Chris. Mike writes, the problem is employers should not be able to force individuals to put this vaccine in their body. Just like the flu shot that would be optional. I will stick by my guns and say we don't have enough research on it. Traffic, weather, news, sports, and more. If a company who employs you wants to do something, yeah. as long as it's legal, this, why, uh... why are you, I mean, why is one thing okay and the other is not? Casper and Chris on News Talk, KBOI. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for part three of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. With me today is Gary Yandel, uh, who is uh, the manager of our Middleton store and, uh, by his own admission, has a small orchard. Although I, uh, I have not seen it, but when he talks about how many trees are there, I don't know how he can say it's small, but he's a man that uh, works very hard <laughs> and enjoys taking care of trees. I'm sure it's worth it in the end to uh, have all that out there. So it's educational. <laughs> yeah, educate. Yeah, that's a you know that's a great point, Gary. Having a garden is very educational. You learn so many things about 
just nature and how to take care of stuff and and uh you get something out of it yes. not not just knowledge but you get uh tasty treats as well so <laughs> so we're going to talk about a little bit more uh what you can do to prevent uh, we're going to get into some bug issues because those are always uh things that we have to deal with you know we talked about in the in the last few segments we were talking about some of the diseases that are common to our trees uh our fruit trees in particular uh, now we want to get into uh, some of the bugs because those uh, they do produce tasty things and unfortunately the bugs like to eat them as well yes. uh, but we do have some great uh ways to control them so Gary I always appreciate uh, your knowledge particularly when it comes to coddling moss you've kind of gotten it I, I, I always feel like you've really got it nailed down uh, how to take care of coddling moss and uh, I was wondering if you could kind of just go through that process with us okay. uh, and and how people can stop those coddling moss from getting into their apple okay so the most precise way of dealing with coddling moss on you know on our level is around April before your apple tree starts to blossom out you buy a coddling moth trap yeah it's a pheromone trap and it's going to tell you you have coddling moths it's no guess game here yeah and the program is you catch a few moths in this trap remove the trap from the tree and spray with an, uh, an insecticide rated for fruit trees put the trap back in and monitor the trap again until you catch some more moths Mm. and spray so you're doing this cycle yeah okay um the shotgun approach is you can you can go well my tree is starting to blossom the flowers are starting to open up it's time to start spraying it works some years some years it, it, <laughs> it does not so yeah and just a warning there yeah okay a lot of people are now going to they haven't sprayed their trees yet i mean and they're going. They're coming into the stores and going, hey, I need to start spraying my tree. Well, the fact of the matter is it's already too late. And, yeah, we're yeah. talking uh, right now. We're recording this in kind of the end of May. Uh, we may play this again some other time, but if you're around that May time frame, you may, as Gary's saying, yeah. you may be too late. If we're still in April, you're, you're right on time. Right. You're, you're, right. Looking, you're in good shape. So... Um, just I tell my customers at this point in time you probably got at least fifty percent infestation apples with worms in them already. Right. No, you can't see them because they're living inside, deep inside the apple. Yeah, and then but you can take up spraying now, and hopefully you'll have some fruit with no worms in them. Yeah. Now I know a lot of times you want to inspect, and, and when you see that sting, that little that little dot on the apple, is that the worm coming out of the apple? Or is that when it went into the apple when it was very young? That's the entry. Okay. That's the worm going in. A tiny little pin hole. Yeah. That's them going in. No, the exit hole, which we're going to start seeing those within usually the June time frame. Okay. 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 And they're much bigger. They're okay. like a, the end of a pencil big. Oh, okay. You know, right, right, right. Um, you know, a big bruise on the side of that apple. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you if you are inspecting your fruit early on and you do see you know if you can notice or see that little pinhole that little sting, um, it's probably a good idea to go ahead and try to pull that off. I yes. would imagine. Oh, if yeah. You can probably don't want to try to not to break the spur if you can, but uh, try to get that apple off, prune it out, throw it in the trash. Don't leave it there or throw it on the ground. Put it in a mulch pile. Throw it in the trash because it's still got that worm in it. Yeah, and that. we yeah we don't want to let that 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 
thing develop into a moth. Mm -hmm. So we're going to help control the population that way. So as uh, you mentioned, Gary, I, the thing I like about the using the trap is you don't have to you, you don't have that guesswork. But right. also, you may not have to spray as much as if you just blanket spray. If you just say, I'm going to spray every 7 to 10 days, right. you may be using way more product than you actually need. Correct. So, I agree, yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the having that trap out there is very helpful, and it really saves you a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money, really. I it mean, could, yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, if it's a bad year, maybe <laughs> you're just spraying all the time anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, but what's your, what's your kind of go-to product for that spraying? Uh, to you know, you mentioned a product listed for fruit trees. What's what's the one you prefer to use? I like using the product we call Last Call. It's a um, spinosad yeah. based product. It's organic. It works very well on codling moth. Um, and you know, reapplication is generally you know, every ten to fourteen days. Yeah. If you're using the trap, though, you've got that barometer, if you will, sure. telling you when to repeat. Yeah. The nice um, thing about that, yeah. too, is you can use it on other plants as well. Okay, this is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. We're with Gary Yandel of our Middleton location. We've been talking fruit trees and how to prevent funguses and bugs and make sure that you have all your tasty treats throughout the year. We were talking about using uh, a product called Last Call, uh, which is a, an, an organic insecticide on your trees and shrubs. And, Gary, you were about to mention uh, that it's something that we can use on lots of other plants, including cherries. Including cherries, yeah. Um, it works very well on western cherry fruit fly. A lot of people don't understand because they can't see where this mm. uh, insect entered into the fruit. They don't think they got the problem. Oh, you're right. But I guarantee yeah. you, if you don't <laughs> spray your cherry trees, you're eating maggots. <laughs> Lovely protein, yeah, pro yeah. protein never hurt anybody. Lovely right? thought, eh? <laughs> okay, timing on this. You're going to watch the fruit. You don't mm. have to spray cherry trees as much as you have, you have to spray apples. Mm. You're going to watch the fruit. You watch for the fruit to turn from green to white. That's your timing mm. right there. Okay. You start to see that, it's time to start spraying. Last call will last from 10 to 14 days. So spray when you see that event. Spray again 10 to 14 days later. Spray again 10 to, 10 to 14 days after that. By then, typically, you're picking. But oh, if, okay. you don't, if you don't pick all the cherries, stay on that same program. Okay. You don't want this population of flies to explode. Yeah. Okay. Very. Yeah, that's great. I had never actually uh, heard about that waiting for the color to change on it. So I think that's and that's a really good visual reminder for yes. anybody that has a cherry tree in their in their backyard or front yard or you know whatever part of your yard you might have it. Uh, but watch for it. So you're gonna watch for it from turning green to white. Green to white. Yeah. Green to white. That's your clue to start spraying with something like our last call to prevent the western cherry. Mm -hmm fruit fly which is uh, always a, uh, a a difficult pest <laughs> yes yes <laughs> one you don't want otherwise you're going to be eating it so yeah. <laughs> uh, keep that in mind all right so we are uh, just about out of time for this segment of the zamzo's garden show i am your host nolan guthrie i'm here with gary yandel of our middleton location we're talking all sorts of things uh fruit tree uh related or how to take care of your funguses how to take care of the bugs we're going to come back for one more segment of the zamzo's garden show with gary yandel on kboi the zamzo's garden show will be back right here on news talk 670 kboi 
Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and is your house and patio becoming home to some unwanted guests? I'm talking about those spiders, yellow jackets, and annoying flies that seem to be everywhere and won't go away. At Samzo's, we have many natural solutions that don't use chemicals, like our latest fly trap that snaps onto a paper coffee cup. The flies go in for the bait, but they can't get out. For spiders, we have sticky traps. Or for wasps, hanging traps that actually lure them in with an attractant. But if you're really done with spiders, wasps, and flies, sometimes you need to bring out the big guns. Zamzo's Home Pest Control and Zamzo's Creepy Crawly kill both spiders inside and outside your home and create a barrier that lasts for weeks. And for yellow jackets, we have high-powered sprays that shoot 20 feet in the air. So if you're done dealing with unwanted house guests like spiders, wasps, and those annoying flies, come to Zamzo's and let us help you bring out the big guns. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. News Talk, KBOI, Boise. There's an app for that. Listen live to the best in national talk, live and local shows, Broncos sports, and you can access local podcasts. Don't forget to tune in and hear me, Nate Shellman, live from 3 to 7. Download the 670 KBOI app free from your app store. Available on all platforms. Listen live on the iHeartRadio and TuneIn apps. For more information, go to KBOI.com. All right, we are back with the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, and uh, with me today has been Gary Yandel of our Middleton store. Gary, I just want to take a second and just thank you for taking some time out of your day to come and uh, record this show with me. This is a pre-recorded show, so we aren't taking calls, but we will be live uh, again next week, hopefully. And, uh, Gary, thank you so much. I always appreciate getting to talk to you. I always learn something. So you're very knowledgeable (laughs) when it comes to... Uh, you know, lots of things. In particular, today we're talking about trees and and and, and uh, fruit trees and, and berries and grapes. So, uh, I uh, just thank you, Gary. I appreciate your time. Glad to be here. Uh, so, I wanted to kind of finish up the show here with just a kind of a almost a lightning round of questions. Okay, let's go. Because <laughs> there's a lot of things a lot of people like to ask, and uh, sometimes I don't always have the answer. So, um, you know, as we kind of transition from spring into summer. I think there's a lot of things people want to look at or you know want to keep in the back of their mind, the things that they might want to do right now uh, and then are going to want to prepare to do uh, in the future as we get further on into the summer. So, Gary, what's the first thing you uh, are thinking about as we start to get into that summertime frame? Well, it's time to start thinking about thin- thinning your fruit. Mm-hmm. And this is on your pears, your apples, your peaches. If you don't thin, you're going to get a bunch of little fruit. Mm. It's not going to ripen as well as it could. It's not going to get as big as it could. Yeah. So I know a lot of times it means you're going to remove a lot of fruit from your trees. But understand, you're still by weight going to mm. get the same amount of fruit. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So and they're going to be sweeter and more flavorful. Yeah, I know that's a that's a that's a, one of those things that people are kind of heartbroken to hear something like right. that. They, you know, you don't want to remove the thing that you're working so hard for but uh, i think that's a great that's a great point you're going to get the same amount of fruit by weight because it's gonna the the amount of energy is going into fewer things just means you get a bigger apple and a bigger peach or a bigger pear um so yeah that's a good one to think about and uh, i think uh thinning is something that uh, most of us don't think about i've still got some fairly younger trees so it is something i think about because as i start to see that fruit develop i notice the branches really start to weigh down yeah. and i don't want them to be you, you don't know, want them touching. I, yeah i don't yeah. want them touching the ground right. before the end of the year so all right so, so um just mention real quick 
you want a piece of fruit hanging every six inches along a limb. Okay, good. I know that's aggressive, but trust me, it's the best thing. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, that's a great uh, great tip there, Gary. Appreciate it. Um, okay, so a lot of people ask me, um, when is the right time to prune, or can I prune as we're going into summer? Right now, because of the chance of spreading fire blight, I would not prune apples or pears. Yeah. I know I told you you have to prune it out, but <laughs> don't do any more pruning than you have right. to. Right. So if you're not seeing that fire blight, don't leave them alone. Leave them alone. Okay. If you want to dress up your cherry tree, let's say, you can go ahead and prune that. In fact, cherries are actually recommended to be pruned during the summer. Oh, okay. So um, that's okay to do that. Uh Plum trees should not be pruned. They don't need to be pruned. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, there's not a whole lot, you know, and as I think, far as pruning goes. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. think a lot of times um, people get a little leery about, like, is it the right time? And there are some things that I think you can always prune, right? If it's broken, go ahead if and prune that out. Yeah, broken, dead, prune it out. Yeah, yeah. If, it's, if it's getting in your way as you're mowing, it's just going to become dead or become broken yeah. because you're running into it all the time. So go ahead and take it out. Uh, Chris Owings calls those the convenience prunings. You yeah, know, the things that are making <laughs> your life difficult, go ahead and take those out and go ahead and remove them. So um, a lot of questions about uh, when to or should I feed my fruit trees or my berries or my grapes right now? What, what should people be thinking about when it comes to feeding those guys right now? Kind of a blanket statement I can make about any berry plant. It should have been fed back in March, and ah. you do not feed it again. Okay. They, sh they should have been fed with nitrogen, Okay. and it's not necessary to feed them again. Um, in this fall, you'll feed with phosphorus on those. Oh, okay, okay. interesting. Grapes, um, here again, a little bit of nitrogen or a balanced fertilizer back in March, okay. and then don't feed again. Okay. You get too much fast growth, it does a lot of bad not good okay 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 um fruit trees um i'm getting ready to give them their summer feeding of course the only thing i feed is with the thrive sure but that feeding this time of year is for helping with fruit production and in case the cherries getting those to sweeten up and ripen up good okay so uh, a late spring early summer feeding for your for your fruit trees yes. Okay, good to know. Actually, I'd never actually heard that, feeding nitrogen on your berries in the spring and then phosphorus in the fall. Right. I think I'd always thought, you know, give things phosphorus so that they bloom more. But I, I, now that, you know, I, as you mentioned that, I kind of start to think about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. So good the phosphorus thing. is in there. The phosphorus is stored over the winter right. time, and the plants use it next very year good. for the flowering. Yeah. Okay, very cool. All right, very good. Okay, so we've got feeding. We've covered fruit thinning. Some pruning. How about um, what about grapes? What kind of things uh, are you looking at when it comes to grapes as we move into summer? So my grape plants right now, I'm looking at what it's going to take to train them up, tie them up, you know, to the trellis, that kind of deal. Um, I'm also doing some thinning hmm, okay. because the grapes will grow much, much more than they need to, hmm. and they will grow and produce more clusters of grapes than. Maybe to increase the quality of fruit, I'm going to thin out a lot of clusters also. Okay, so thinning the branches that are growing out branches, as well as the clusters. clusters. Of fruit. Okay. Yeah, because on each cane, most of your typical grapes will try to produce anywhere from two to four clusters on each cane. I okay. actually knock that down to one cluster per cane. Okay, and so you find doing that, again, kind of like with the other things, pruning out your fruit, 
it just makes that cluster get all the good stuff instead of it going right. to a whole bunch of things. Right. You get, especially with grapes, if you don't do it with grapes, you get a whole bunch of little bitty sour grapes. Right. Okay. <laughs> and we don't need sour grapes. We don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get bigger grapes. They're going to get sweeter, faster. Very good. You'll enjoy them a lot better. Yeah. Okay. Any other things with uh, grapes that people should be looking out for right now? I know powdery mildew, powdery downy mildew, mildew is yeah. some that can be a, an issue. Powdery mildew I like to prevent. It's commonly used is uh, uh, micronized sulfur. It's a powdered sulfur. Oh, okay. And you uh, wet it like you do any kind of insecticidal spray or thing, anything like yeah. that, and spray it all over your grapes. This is what you know most of your big vineyards use also. Sure. Sure. It's very effective against powdery mildew. Have you used the Revitalize on that? Not on my grapes because I was using the salt sulfur. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, interesting. But, yeah, so I would imagine it's probably has grapes listed on it. We'll have to look that oh, up. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's on there. I'm so sure. It's, usually, yeah. when an organic is there, it can be used on anything right. for the most part. Okay, so now here's another one that oh, it seems to always happen. Um, I haven't had a lot of fruit yet to where I've had really had to worry about this, but. Birds. Birds. What? <laughs> what? What's your What's your best recommendation for keeping the birds out of? It seems like they particularly like to go for the cherries, but I'm sure they will go for other things as well. But uh, what's your kind of What's your go to when it comes to controlling the birds? Yeah, like I say, I had them go for the cherries and the grapes. Both. Yeah. Now, they're a pain, but the most effective way is to put up a barrier, a bird net. A net. Yeah. Okay. I know there. It's out there. The reflective holographic you know, tapes and all that kind of stuff. Those work really good on the small birds, like mm. your your sparrows and so forth. Maybe starlings. Yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. doesn't work on the robins. Yeah, they. they <laughs> yeah, they walk right by. That they don't care. <laughs> uh, all right, very good. Well, uh, we are just about out of time, Gary. I want to thank you again for uh, taking some time out of your day to come and hang out with me a little bit and chat about uh, how to keep your trees and your shrubs. Uh, or part your fruit trees and your berries and things healthy as we move into summer. Uh, but, you know, this is good advice for just about any time. It's something you're going to hear just about all any time of year. It's good to hear these sorts of things over and over again because I know I forget them all the time. So uh, we are just about out of time. I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. We should be live next week. We'll be able to take your calls. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to us at zamzos.com or find us on Facebook or Twitter, and we will be able to answer your questions there. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll see you again. Hi, this is Shaw Samzo, and as you may have heard, it's a great idea to clean your wild bird feeders on a regular basis. And fall's the perfect time to do that while the weather's still nice. At Zamzo's, we suggest you wash each feeder with warm, soapy water first to remove the dirt. Then let it soak in a diluted bleach solution of nine parts water and one part bleach for 10 minutes. Rinse with water and let it dry before refilling. And the best wild bird food to refill it with is Zamzo's No Sprout. Not only will No Sprout not grow in your flower beds or underneath your feeders, Zamzo's No Sprout is the preferred food of all birds across the Treasure Valley, and it contains no fillers. Zamzo's also has self-contained bird blocks that don't require a feeder at all. Just place them anywhere you want, and the birds come to you. So if you're looking for a great year-round hobby that provides free entertainment right out your window, feed the wild birds with help from us at Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including including Meridian under the bright yellow water tower. No.